an awesome day today. We're going to have an awesome show. We got some awesome topics. We got some good things to talk about. All of that good stuff. So we're going to get into the soft topics. First of all, I did hear several people mention that, you know, and we are going live earlier than we usually would. You know, it's Memorial Day. We're trying to give our UK brothers and sisters an opportunity to kick in on the live show. Usually when we go live on this side, it's already close to midnight their time. And I got to salute those who are some hard goers. I'm talking hard triers. They are live and in studio. And Mary Beanie's one of them. Mary Beanie will be live in here. And it's probably 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, her time. So shout out. But today I said we're going to go live a little earlier with the live talk show. And therefore, it'll be a little earlier for them in the evening. And they might be just ripened and ready to go. So if you want to participate, Participate in the live chat and go over to the audience. You need to have a laptop or a desktop. Me and Will, who did the WPPN announcements, tested it all. As long as you have Edge and you have Google Chrome, you should be able to do a live call in once in studio. If you don't have those and you are on mobile phone, you still can be live in studio, but you will not be able to pose a question or do a live call in. So definitely do your best to try to take full advantage of everything that is afforded to you especially now because i built this platform i built this segment i built this show to allow you all to have a voice all right it's really more about you if you all don't call in if you all don't offer your hot takes your opinions even your debates the show is going to go by fast because it's really for you to have something to say instead of you having to be in youtube in the comment section or you're in the live chat this gives you all an opportunity to have access to a platform to come on with your face your thoughts your debates your words try to to keep it respectful if you don't trust me i can handle that believe me on that and and that's what it's really for okay so take full advantage of f1 minute on mondays normally at 8 30 p.m eastern time but today for memorial day salute got my navy cap on Hurrah! we are live 1500 eastern standard time so let's get into the soft topic right here right now real quick okay first let's talk about there were some people mentioning uh as much to uh, a commentator talking about Max Verstappen does not celebrate by fist pumping his hand in the air like Lewis Hamilton. Although shortly after that, I did not hear the commentator, but however, I did indeed go back and watch and Max Verstappen is fist pumping. So I don't really know what he was talking about, but plenty of people felt that he ate his words on that. And rightfully so, if that's something that he said, I didn't hear it. I didn't see it, but I did see Max Verstappen fist pump. So I don't know how big of a deal that may be to some, but to the commentator to say something, if he did say this, what was his point in saying so? That's what I want to know. I want to know what his point was in saying so. Like what? What? What all is your point in making making that type of gesture or that type of comment as far as to Lewis Hamilton, what he does and and what Max Verstappen doesn't do? I don't understand. I don't really know why I would like for him to possibly elaborate on what's wrong. He almost said it the way it comes off, the way people presented it to me. It almost is like he's trying to say what Lewis does is something that he doesn't agree with and Max doesn't do it and that's what he prefers and then Max does it so now you're eating your words and that ain't even a rhyme I'm trying to make I'm just being straight up and honest but that's not even a soft topic to stay on that's why it's in the soft topic section let's also talk about Alpine we did a video earlier this morning alive on Alpine Ocon Rossi puts his team on notice full blast full tilt letting them know that heads will roll that he is not happy he is not excited about what's going on he feels like it's a dumpster fire and he wanted things to be corrected and some of the things that he did say i mean will and i talked about as much as this like 
it was some unrealistic probably goals, 500%, you know, and then I'll tell you what's wrong, but you tell me what's wrong. But I just need to know how Rossi's feeling today. You know, Alpine via Ocon getting on podium third place, the second car in Gasly getting in points at seventh place. Is that an improvement that Rossi can take? Or does Rossi kind of feel like I do where I think it's almost track dependent? I think it's circuit dependent. I'm going to look to see if Ocon, Ocon can prove himself outside of Monaco. Monaco helped a lot of things, and Monaco did a lot of damage. But one thing Monaco can do is leave the calendar, all right? So we'll, that's enough on that. Now we also we have the Leclerc watch, all right? Will brought it into us last time. We talked about Charles and Arthur, how they were doing. At one point in time, I think when Will came on with the information, these two drivers, these two brothers, one in F2, one in F1, were pretty much even on points and our podiums. And at this point in time, I've, I've decided to go ahead you know, and, and start us kind of like a watch to see what's going on here. You know what I'm saying? So like a little watch to see what's going on. Nothing major, but uh, just just a little something for us to, you know, keep keep things an even keel so we can kind of see what's going on. So as you see right here, uh, definitely Leclerc is up now. All right. By a few points and he's seven out of 20, whereas his brother is 10 out of 22 drivers right now. OK, so not terribly distant just yet still some time for Arthur to prove himself still some time for him to um show that he might indeed outdo the brother in f1 but we have we will have to wait and see what happens with that but as far as Leclerc watch that's it Charles Arthur now separated on points and Charles a bit higher in Formula One versus where um author is so we'll see what happens later on as the season develop and these two brothers go head to head because i know they got to be talking about this in the house i know it has to be a problem a situation where because it's competitive when me and my brothers all around each other like we vicious like you will swear sometime when me and my brothers get into it it's like a fight about to break out but it's all love and we all be in it like we, we laugh it off like if you get in the middle of that you might end up getting you might end up getting knotted up you know what i'm saying so it's really all love how we do it but we're so competitive and so driven when we get in that mode that we can go hard at each other and I might I they might actually do the same so I'm wondering how that's going to translate over as far as race pace in a driver championship points finishes I do not think Charles is probably up to win a driver championship this year I think Max Verstappen is running away with it although the W14B has a rise but uh, Alonzo is definitely going to give it a go uh, Aston Martin is definitely trying to make changes to make that happen but we'll get into Aston Martin later and then the rookies what happened this weekend? I got to ask my boy. I got to ask my boy where Will at. Pia Pia once again getting into points. Pia get into points, man. I'm telling you, Pia is like, Pia coming up, man. They're going to, hey, we're going to have to watch out. You know, as you see right here, Pia actually going ahead and getting to those points and 10th take collecting another point, which actually gives him five points now, I believe. So, Logan Sargent is zero. Logan Sargent's laying a big egg right now. No points right now. So we're going to be keeping an eye on that as well because me and Will, me and Will got a lot of little things going on. Will, we got the Charles Arthur watch. We got the rookie watch. So we're going to see what happens between these two rookies and how this actually goes as they start progressing and, and going into the season as well. DeVries actually finished ahead of Yuki. What do you know? Yuki did have mechanical issues. What do you know? And, you know, salute to the Vries on that, but still no points for him. Yuki still being the only driver to yield points for Alpha, uh, Alpha Tari. So Yuki still doing his thing. The Vries still needs to 
get on board and get things together. I'm still going to give them till next season. All right. And then that'll be it. Let's talk about the main topic you see right below. Uh, right above me, you will see several topics that will rotate out and we will get to those topics eventually. But it's just kind of to let you know and let you see what is to come. I want to say big shout out to all the YouTube fam over Sylvia Wick Kelly, Wiley Supreme, Mary Beanie, Wildcat, Galacticus. I see you all in the live chat. Wildcat also in the audience live chat right now. So let's talk about Alfa Romeo, right? We heard they found a new home. Okay, now Audi's not supposed to come in until 2026, but Alfa Romeo's like we're moving out early. So some people might be wondering what indeed is going to happen with the Sauber chassis then. Well, this won't be the first time that uh, Sauber will have done their own livery and their own colors and their own name. Uh, they did so 93 to 2005. They did so 2011 to 2018. Although they had their most successful moments when they were BMW Sauber, when they were partnered with another and as high as third place, second place in 2007. But as far as when they donned their own livery, their own team name, they actually have only hit the ceiling at fourth. Haas has hit the ceiling at fifth, and that would have been 2006. Since they've been in 2016, I think that was in 2000 and uh, I want to say maybe 18, they did fifth. All right, since Haas has been in Formula One, the highest they've been is fifth, and they haven't touched that again yet. Haas hasn't done much for Formula One at all since they've been in. Uh, for them to complain about Andretti coming in is almost criminal, being that they were the 11th team that was allowed in when I think it was Mercedes Manor was going out. So it's a little bit hypocritical for Gunther to speak on how he talks as to the Andretti topic, saying that they are fine where they are. They don't feel that they can offer them anything when indeed Haas hasn't done anything really for Formula One. You've been a laughing stock. Like literally, I say it all the time. If you're not wrecking, you're not racing. And that's the Haas way. OK, be for real. You literally had to have canceling sessions with your drivers on just not wrecking each other out, not wrecking anybody else. Don't wreck each other out. Like several times, this was the situation at Haas. So I definitely think, I don't know what's going to happen, but $20 million can make a lot happen for a Formula One team, as um, as we have seen. And I just want to say, Haas keeps sponsors on like a carousel. It's like a Lazy Susan. I don't know if any of you know what a Lazy Susan is. Like you go eat, just as all this food sits on this rotational device in the middle of the table, and you just turn it and you keep picking. Haas seems to be doing that when it comes to their sponsorships. This is crazy. Now they will have Alfa Romeo. Now what will Haas and Alfa Romeo be able to achieve together? That's what I want to know. Being that Sauber was very, was successful. Not, let's not say very, let's taper that. Being that Sauber was very, was successful with BMW, Will they have that same success with Haas and will Haas have success, more success than they've had, period, in their time in career? Because if Haas can team up with, with uh, Alfa Romeo and then all of a sudden they do better, maybe money helps them do more better development, get better personnel in. Next thing we know, Haas is a top five team. That would be crazy. I'm still going to call them the, the, the non-American American team on the grid. They still are doing a great job at that. OK, I'm, I'm not going away from that. They 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 suck at that. I'm just going to keep it real with that. They suck at that. But is there something else that they can actually accomplish with teaming up? with Sauber, with uh, Alfa Romeo. I want to see that. I want to know if that happens because um, Haas right now is is, is the, the most accomplished they, thing they have right now is being the white Ferrari. And Gunther has T-shirts. Gunther having T-shirts is an awesome thing too, I guess. But other than that, their driver lineup is safe. 
because their car development has not yielded them to feel like they need to spend money on a high elite driver because I don't think their car or their development or their strategies right now will facilitate an elite driver being what an elite driver can be, unlike Max Verstappen with the RB19, uh, like you see right now with Alonzo and the AMR23, like you may possibly see from Lewis and Russell in the W14 B-Spec. Those things aren't happening at Haas right now. Okay, I think Haas have popped off two wheels in the last two GPs, right? Minus Imola, like they've they've been popping off wheels like they're a tire center, tire depot, or something. Maybe that's what maybe that's their next sponsor should be tire depot, because they've been good at losing wheels and tires on track. So maybe that's something that they want to do. So let's go ahead, let's get into let's get into crooks or something. All right, let's go ahead and get into Aston Martin, Aston Martin. I'm telling you right now. I see it coming. And if it never comes, then I'm okay with being wrong. Because if it doesn't come, that means a couple of things. That means Lance has done better and he has improved in his driving and it no longer needs to happen. Or two, that AMR 23 into the 24 becomes such a beastly car that it compensates for Lance's lack of ability to drive. That's it. That's the only thing that's going to change what I'm about to say. Lance Stroll will become Aston Martin's Achilles heel. Do you understand me? He will. At this point in time, he is going to be the driver that will dampen their success. They're making monumental moves, and it is showing in the ability of Alonzo with a good car. Okay, Alonzo is doing fairly well this season fairly well he's almost what we had claimed or deemed Russell when he first came in if he finishes a race he's fifth or higher Alonzo is doing that time after time after time Lance Stroll is not doing that he's not he just finished playing bumper cars right now in Monaco that was looking bad he just finished doing that Lance Lance Stroll let me let me just tell you some things right now Especially, big shout out to Galacticus for the super chat. Haas needs to spend money like Stroll to move up. And that is a that is a point. That is what I'm going to get to. Lawrence Stroll has spent a good amount of money. They got new facilities coming. They got this AMR 23 that made leaps and bounds from last season to this season. We just heard that they have a deal that is almost signed and delivered with Honda Power Units coming. They will move from being a customer team to a works team, which will give them way more movement and adjustability and, and personalization within their platform to make sure that they reach optimal performance levels with parts and components that they're going to pair together in order to take the grid. You need another driver. You need two drivers that finish close to each other in order to win or have a go at the Constructors' Championships, like Red Bull at one and two with Perez and Max, like Mercedes, four and five with Lewis and Russell. Like Ferrari, six and seven, Charles and Carlos. Even like Alpine, for God's sakes, Alpine at nine and 10. Do you see the correlation? Drivers in the standings right next to each other, coupled together as they move up. Right now, you have Alonzo in third and Lance Stroll down there in eighth, five positions away. That's not going to help you in constructive championships. Is it good if Alonzo gets a driver's championship? Sure, it's good. It's really good for him. Not so great for the team. I bet you that Lawrence Stroll would be okay. I bet you he would be fine and dandy 
if Alonzo never got a championship, but Aston Martin as a constructor got several championships, I bet you he would be okay with that. That would speak more for his name than not. But would it be an extra cherry on top from him as a businessman, as a team owner, to have a driver championship paired with a constructor championship? You damn right. You damn right it would. Would he want that? You damn right. Who wouldn't? Like that. Who wouldn't want that? Come on now. You got to be crazy. If you don't want that, you got to be crazy. So, yes, he would. But Lawrence Stroll would be okay. He would be just fine with not having a driver's championship but having a constructor championship unless it's his son. Do I think that he wants his son to have the opportunity and to win a driver's championship? Yes, I do. It's a daddy goal. It's a daddy-son goal right now. But what I need to know from Lawrence is this. Do you have the ability, do you have the audacity that if it comes to it, a crossroad meets where you're going to have to decide between Lance and the team, do you have the ability to take your son's seat and give it to Felipe Drogovic or give it to a driver you know is going to bring the performance to get you that constructor championship and possibly aid in one or the other driver getting a driver championship? Because Lance Stroll, although your son and although you are affording him the best and most appreciative opportunity in Formula One, he may not be able to fill those shoes. Galacticus, Merck will be second after the next race. Watch and see. And, and you know what? I don't doubt it, Galacticus. Right now, I think there's one point separating Mercedes and Aston Martin from that second place in the Constructor Championship. And I do believe in Spain, they will, they will, they will grasp it. They will grasp it. Stroll will have to finish ahead of two Mercedes in order for it not to happen. And I don't think that's going to happen. And I'm also going to say this. Remember what happened back in Miami. I want to see what's going to be up with the W14B when it runs up against the AMR23 without being in Monaco because Monaco totally killed that. Malachi, big shout out. Two months of membership, bro. Stick in there. When you get your six months, you're going to get your shirt, bro. He says Aston Martin needs a driver like Alonzo's caliber or better to stay in front, and I agree with that. A Mercedes and to be more competitive. I personally think they should go for land. Boom. Bro, let me give you – Let me. hey, Malachi, that's for you. Those gunshots are for you, bro. On Memorial Day, that would that right there would be a move. That's going to be a move that would definitely help. But can Lawrence do that? Can Lawrence say, Lance, you're out for Lando? There's a lot of L's in there. I don't know if they want to do that. That's a lot of L's. Now that I just think about it, that's a lot of L's. That's three L's. You know, I know her to win, 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 but L, L, L ain't ever good. So I don't know how many L's you have in there before you, like, deem yourself having, like, bad mojo. But when you got Lawrence L, Lance L, Lando L, I don't know. But I do think that if he can make that move. Oh, Wildcats coming in. Time for tough love. All right. All right, Wildcat. Let's have some tough love, bro. You got your F1 minute, bro. It's coming up. Yes, sir. Man, I was so mad, bro. My recruit hat got lost in transit. I'm so pissed that I don't have my recruit hat anymore, bro. That's Always all right. That's that. all right. We'll represent the crossover right now. Oorah. Always keep that. Oorah. <laughs> Let's go, bro. You got your F1 minute. Ride it. All right. So, honestly, and, you know, you made a point. That that whole, you know, a father wanting to see their kid do well in sports, that's, that's always going to be there. And, but 
at some point, Pop Stroll gotta start getting tough, getting a little tough with Lance, and let him know this is the bare bottom line. Alonzo has this car piping on all cylinders, and he's putting it on the limit every single time we line up. You need to either step up or move aside. You got Felipe Drogovic, who pretty much ran through the ran through F2 last season, mm-hmm. who rightfully can deserve that seat and possibly be sitting there right behind Alonzo, helping even if he's helping Alonzo and not completely right. matching him on pace. But he's gotta he's gotta get tough. I'm sorry, he's gotta. Jay- I mean, when I say this, Papa Stroll needs to be a chief. Mm. And what's the chief say? I want results, not excuses. Right. He needs to get tough on him, demand the results. And if you can't deliver the results, I'm sorry, son, you got to move to the back. We got to put somebody else in this seat so we can start getting this team to where the team needs to be. Because if you get the team where they need to be, then the drivers will start to fall in line right behind that. Look at how Williams did it. Look at how Mercedes did it. Mercedes didn't have, didn't realize what Lewis was going to do. They didn't realize what Rosberg was going to do, but they knew they had a car coming that could do it. So guess what? They had the drivers that just happened to fall in place at the right time. Boom. And he said it like it needs to be said. And listen, when he talking about them Chiefs, talking about those khakis, don't don't say sir to them. Don't say sir to them. They work for a living. Don't say sir to a chief. Don't say sir to a senior chief. Don't say sir to your CMC. You will be getting you'll be getting done dirty on that grinder. I'm just trying to tell you. All right, keep it real with the khakis. They run it. They run the show. All right, butter butter bars. They just there in the in the room clerical work. Khakis run the navy. Hoorah. So he, listen, that's what that's what that's what it's gonna come to, and that's what it's gonna be about. That is what it's gonna be about. Can can Lawrence do that for the better of the team outside of what he wants to see for his son? Because if you're gonna ride it out, just and if you want to stay faithful and you want to feel like I never gave up on you, you want to be able to look across Atlanta at the dinner table one day and say I never gave up on you. I, I never gave up on you. We gave it all we had. We, we didn't make it, but we, we gave it all we had. If you're okay with no regrets of having that conversation for the rest of your life and feeling like you wholeheartedly don't care that you had the opportunity and Felipe, and if and if this doesn't happen with you and Felipe goes somewhere else and wins a driver championship or helps win a constructor championship, how crazy and foolish do you look? I know that being the competitive businessman that Lawrence comes off as, I don't think he'll be okay with that if that happens one day. I don't. I think he'll look like the dog I met in the street today that was just stranded and rolling around, dehydrated, looking for water. Gave him some water. So damn tired, he didn't know what to do. I think he's going to be so upset with himself with so much regret, he ain't going to know what to do or really say to Lance at some point in time. He, gonna, he probably won't say it. He'll keep it aside. But that's all on you, man. You got to decide that. So let's get into our next topic. Like I said, we keep moving this Memorial Day. Trust me, I can I can kick in and be up out of here. Trust that this platform is about you. So listen, if you want to participate in the live audience, okay, usually we're 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and a lot of people are used to that. But if you want to participate in the audience, click the link in the comment section or in the live chat. It's pinned. It'll bring you into the studio, and then you can submit just like Wildcat did, question, debate, or statement. Either way it goes, okay? But we're about to move into another topic that I feel should have had consideration for both teams, definitely consideration for Mercedes because of the conditions that surrounded everything. But listen, they got to get they got to get right. The 
this is another thing about Monaco. And somebody said this to me. Well, Jay, it's because the spacing around Monaco wouldn't have allowed for a tow truck to really get in there at the time. There's, there's another problem with Monaco. Okay, so add that to the list with Monaco. Not enough spacing. Not enough space on the track for overtaking. Check. It's a bow show. Check. Not competitive for the new era cars. Check. Nobody really overtakes. Check. The beginning of the race is likely the end of the race. Check. So all those checks add up to drop it off the list. But there needs to be some type of consideration. Mercedes literally red flagged the session. There was not going to be a continuation of that. Sylvia Wick Kelly says, thank you to everyone who served their country. Oorah, big shout out to everyone that served, for real. But the session was red flagged. There was no reason to hurry up and rush that W14B, and you almost looked like you dropped it. There was more swing in that car than needed to be for me to feel comfortable at home watching on TV. You know what I did today? You know what I did today? Today I said, you know what, maybe... Everybody keeps telling me, like, Jay, you're missing it. Like, Monaco is great. Not everybody. Some people. Very few people, actually. More people tell me that it's a snooze fest and tell me it's great. But there's a few select amount of people that fit right there that said, Jay, you know what? It's because you've never been there that you don't know and you don't like Monaco. Okay, and I'm thinking, like, what? Me being there, I guess the tourism's great, but that ain't got nothing to do with the race. I guess the boat show was great, but that ain't got nothing to do with the race. If I want to see boats, I'll go to Bass Pro Shop. I'll go to Cabela's. I'll go down the street to the marina and look at yachts. If I want to see boats, I don't have to go to Monaco to see boats. If I want to see swimming pools, I'll go to the water park. I'll go to the aquatic center. I'll go downtown to the aquarium. I didn't come to Monaco to look at swimming pools, boats, museums, or casinos. I came to see a race. So if that is the case, what are you telling me that I'm missing that all thousands of millions of people that probably feel the same way are missing just because you've been to Monaco? Just because you went to Monaco, what's supposed to change? What changes? Not the race. That doesn't change. One thing that does need to change is the consideration for teams and their developments to be put on full blast the way those cranes did for the W14B with all the accomplishments and development they did in a short amount of time to get that Carter and the RB19 with all the development they have being successful, put on full blast for all photographers to see put online, including me. I hey, somebody said it and I believe it. There's going to be a lot of update floor updates coming. Wait when I get the update list. Watch when I get the update list. If we don't see a lot of flow conditioning performance tags, a lot of flow conditioning to the floor, floor edge, floor. Watch, watch. Red Bull's floor was like pow. Now, Mercedes floor was like pow. Like I said, what I think they need to start doing, even if you're going to crane it, especially in a situation like Mercedes, Mercedes red flagged the session. There, it wasn't going to continue. That was over with. So if that's the case, you could have allowed Mercedes to have a crew come out, even if you were still going to crane it, to come out, wrap the car up so that you can keep your intellectual property, your development, all your all your tidbits safe. So photographers don't get up under here and see everything you got going on. Come out, wrap it up. We'll crane it, bring it to you. Or you know what? The session's red flag. They're not going to continue anyway. Just roll out the flatbed. Get the flatbed. We'll collect it. They can wrap it up, take it on. That's all you needed to do. Like there needs to be a I think there needs to be a certain level of consideration minus safety. If it's a safety issue, we don't have time for consideration about your toy and everything you're building. We need to go ahead and get this track in a safe situation right now. That wasn't really the case with Mercedes. It was red flag. And with, with Perez, once he wrecked like that, I, I swear I saw a way that they could have got a flatbed in there somehow and got that car out of there. But even so, Perez didn't wreck far from Pitt. You couldn't have allowed Red Bull to come out on track, cover the car up, and then crane it in? Come on, man. 
I, I didn't like that. I didn't like it at all. I didn't like it for either team. I didn't like it for engineers. I didn't like it for competitive development. I thought that was really rushed. I thought it was unthoughtful, and I didn't think they gave the teams any consideration for the amount of work they do to just put it on full display for everybody to really understand and start. It's going to happen, right? It's gonna, But does it have to happen like that? That was completely in control. That was completely controllable. And they, they didn't take any steps whatsoever to do it. Like I said, big shout out Galactus. Red Bull, be on guard, duty anytime, cameras are rolling. That's fact. All teams usually have photographers out and about when situations like that take place to take high resolution photos so that they can see what's going on. And I'm going to tell you, that Red Bull floor, man, that thing is interesting. I looked at the Mercedes floor and was like, oh, yeah, that's nice. I looked at the Ferrari floor. It's like, oh, yeah, that's nice and smooth. And, you know, I like the floor fencing and the angles. And, you know, they got a little of this and the cutouts. I I looked at who else floor it was. Uh, Mercedes. Well, Aston's floor I don't think really got exposed like that. But then I saw I saw the Red Bull floor and I was like, there's a lot going on here. Their thing, their one thing doesn't look like the others. Oh, big shout out. We got a shout out from Wildcat. The cranes weren't needed. He says, here you go, bro. I'm going to give you your F1 minute and All take right. it away. All right. So when I say the cranes weren't needed, look at how they and they say, oh, the marshals, they were training them for what? Six weeks to two months before the GP even happened. Clearly, y'all didn't train them enough because and me, I'm not a crane operator, but I know a thing or two about hoisting hoisting heavy objects in the air and out of the air. But if you're going to move something that heavy, especially something such as an 800 kilogram Formula One car, why are you just going to let the crane snatch it up and look at Hamilton's car for, for prime example? You got this man's car just swinging back and forth like you at the playground. <laughs> and God forbid, had they lost control of that thing and that momentum kicked in. Now you just had an 800 kilogram car that got destroyed. A car that's easily probably what? Five million dollars with everything that's strapped on it. Eight hundred kilograms when it slams into the ground, it is gone. You could have screwed Mercedes. It ain't like they got a backup car like back in the old days where they brought a backup car for reasons. They ain't got that. Now, I do agree with the fact of, hey, you craned out Mercedes, so why not go ahead and crane out Red Bull? Let everybody get a look really going on underneath there. Right. Right, right, right. And that and that's what I that's what I can get to exactly that if one was that's why I did a post on, on Twitter and I said even swap, no, even swap, no swindle. Uh, if you did it for one, you did it for others. So as Wildcat brings in a very interesting point, the cost of a Formula One car, uh, I looked it up right here. Google says estimated price current race cars at 12 to 15 million shouldn't be very far off. So you're talking double digits. You're talking at least north of $10 million for a Formula One car. So let's just think about had they dropped the W14 B-Spec. What would have happened? Like, are we talking about something that's going to go against the cost cap or because of the circumstances and situations and, and that incurred Mercedes's loss, do they not have that go against their cost cap because they have to completely build another car. I think it wouldn't be right to make that go against their cost cap, given that Marshall's the FIA program dropped the car. Like you're like, that's not us. That's you. 
You could have just let us get on the flatbed. You could have made sure that your crane operators and your floor personnel were actually known and knowledgeable about what, about what they were doing before they just let that car get snatched off. That looked sketchy. If you didn't see it, go back and watch it. Go back and watch how much sway and how much rock that Mercedes car had as it was hoisted into the air. It was not a pretty sight. I thought it was going to come undone. I thought some, I thought something was going to give way. Something might have not been checked or replaced in time because those things happen, right? Contamination where maybe you don't do your natural checks. Maybe you don't do your standard checks, your scheduled checks, your unscheduled checks. And the next thing you know, a clasp, a, a spring, something gives. It's always a very small, minute component that causes a catastrophic failure. All right. That's why in the Navy, you got to have those checks. You got to have the balances. You got to have the unscheduled and the scheduled maintenance performed. Because if you don't, something bad's going to happen and it's going to be small. All right. So, yeah, they need to have a little bit more consideration and coming in for our last topic, our last topic. Yeah, we got to get into it. It just is what it is. Racism seems to like to poke its head out. It likes to poke its head out in sports. All right. Lewis Hamilton speaks on what happened to Vinicius Jr., the football player who has racial chants shouted at him during a match they called this man a monkey and it wasn't one two or three i saw a crowd of people calling this black man a monkey hey wolf mr t renzo wolfpack family just dropped by to say hi hope everyone good and well big shout out to you mr t renzo appreciate you much brother i saw a crowd of people that thought it was funny to call this black man a monkey a monkey well mercedes this is why I told you when you when you when you light stepped in trying to show these supposed Twitter post these mean Twitter posts that Lewis Hamilton was responding to. You ain't go full sin. You still kept the kick gloves on. This is why you should have taken the opportunity to show everybody that you acknowledge and know what is being said out here. But look how we conduct ourselves. Look at what they're doing. Matter of fact, look at their profile names. Look at look at some of the tags they have a profile name. I showed y'all that had the N word in it said name that N word. Mr. T. Rizzo says that was scary to see Lewis Hamilton's car in the air like that. It was a fact. Look at the the post said MV 33. And you know what's funny? The first thing some people said is why are you always trying to attach Max to racism? It's not me attaching Max to racism. It's his fans attaching him to their racist actions. I didn't I didn't name the I didn't name the profile. I didn't pick the profile name. I didn't do the post. I didn't put the N-word in there. I wasn't the one that was racist. Why do you all, why do so many people try to find a way to put it off on the people that are calling out racism? Because it might be that you yourself are racist. It said MV33 with Max's photo on there. That's how much of a fan they are at Max Verstappen. And they put a post up there calling Lewis Hamilton the N-word with the ER on the end. It don't matter if you got the AH, the A, any of that. But they put the ER, typical format for the N-word. Most racist you can get. So I'm the one attaching Max to, no, his fans are attacking him to the racist acts that they're doing, not me. I'm just showing it to you. So you're mad because I'm revealing it. But I tell you what, since Mercedes won't show you what people typically do to Lewis Hamilton as he was speaking about what happened to Vinicius, I'm going to show you what they typically do. I'll show you. I don't mind using my platform. I'm going to show you what they typically do. I'm going to show you what they do. You know what I found on, on, a, on a social media post? I, oh, don't worry about it. I'm going to show you. Here you go. Here it is right here. How you like that? And I made sure to leave a, leave a account name up there so you can see it. 
How do you feel about somebody posting something like that? Oh, if you don't know what he's saying, I'm going to tell you what he's saying. I got you. He said an Alabama N-word going for the NAACP. Come on, y'all. Sylvia Wick blessing somebody with a Wolfpack membership. Lewis Bear Reviews gets it. Big shout out. Come on, y'all. But I, I'm wrong. I'm the one. All, I'm the. And then you know what people say? You pulling the race card. How is that a race? See, that's when I know you're racist. That's when I know you're supporting racist acts. And even though you're not outright, maybe loudly saying you racist, you support racist acts because that's your cowardly way of standing behind something that you want to try to believe in. And then you want to try to make it look like people like myself that call you out. We just imagining this. We just making this stuff up. I didn't do that post. You saw the profile name on there. It didn't say Wolfpack performance. And I don't have burner accounts. That's somebody posted that. They thought that was cool to post about Lewis Hamilton. They thought it was cool to post Lewis Hamilton and AI using his image to say that he's an Alabama N word going for the NAACP. Well, you, what, what, what you, uh, what you, you lost on it? You need to, you need to see it again. You need, they thought that was funny. They think that's okay to do. And this is why I say, Mercedes, you should have put people on full blast. You should have did an array of Twitter posts. You should have did some like you did, some to talk about his clothes, some to talk, but you should have damn well did some like that so people could see and know. This is what people are doing, and this is our pe these people are attacking our driver, your driver, Formula One's driver, most accomplished and greatest driver in Formula One history, still active on the grid. These are the things that he's been enduring the entire span of his career since he started in karting all the way up to now. I can find several posts. Even I mean, do we forget who got fired? We forget about employees being let go for all the racial attacks? Did we forget about that? That was also Red Bull. So I guess we attaching Red Bull. I guess we attaching Red Bull to racist things, right? Is it was it us that caused Nelson PK to say those racial and homophobic things about Lewis Hamilton, or was that him? So when we say it and we we admit we admit that we see it and then we report on it, it's me that's playing the racial card, not Nelson PK. He not wrong. It's me that's letting you know what he did and said. I'm wrong. That's when I know you're full of caca. That's when I know you're full of boo boo. That's when I know you straight Red Bull fan for real. And let me be clear when I say this. All Red Bull fans are not as toxic as what you see. They're not. I've talked to several Red Bull fans and had really great conversations, enlightening conversations, non-combative conversations, non-racial conversations, non-homophobic conversations. All Red Bull fans and our Max Verstappen fans are not that way. But there are enough bad apples to make Red Bull look horrible, including Christian Horner and Max Verstappen. I've never said Max Verstappen was racist. Now, did I say I've never seen him speak out con considerably and on pace about racism? I haven't seen him do that. When he has to, when he's ultimately put in a corner, he'll say something about it. But what do you think his conversation was with Nelson PK? What do you think his conversation really was? I mean, look at how his dad conducts himself when Perez wins a race. Look at how his mom conducted herself when that whole situation broke out. What do you think? How do you think they really feel just based off actions? Not just looking at things the way they've kind of unfolded. What do you do? You get that they're fully. Hey, we're all about diversity. I don't. 
And if it if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong. Show me I'm wrong. Prove to me I'm wrong. I'm I'm okay with being proven wrong, especially if it's in the light of something that's better. If it shows me that it's not as negative and it's positive, I'm good. I'm better with that. I'd like to be proven wrong in that fact. It lets me know that there are other good people out there. And I just, hey, I just misread all the stuff I've been seeing. <laughs> that much stuff I've been seeing, I've been misreading it. If I'm that wrong, then I don't mind being wrong about it. But what happened to this young man on the field, what these fans did in the game of football, soccer, as we call it in the U.S., was completely disgusting. It was completely disgusting. And it almost seemed like it was being condoned. It seemed like people in the association of that of that field were condoning it. it to have that many people go find the video. You, you had people screaming this out like they were doing a happy chant for sports. Like they doing the wave or something, calling this man a monkey. But somebody want to say Lewis Hamilton racist. Come on, y'all. Y'all y'all can't be thinking when you. Am I saying he could never be? No, but he's not. Actions don't prove that, do they? So it's unbelievably dumb. It is real. Don't let anybody tell you it's a race car. You know it's the platform where I don't play it safe here. I talked to what it is and really what it really was. Lewis Hamilton spoke to it. He spoke to it a bit about as far as his life and how he came up and what thing, things that happened to him. And it's just unfortunate that we in 2023 are still going through this. We're still seeing this every every week, every week, every week. I just don't put it on every week because I don't want to bring the, the morale down of this channel. But every now and then we got to bring this up. Because if you let it go, they just think that it's going by the wayside and they can just keep doing it without it being announced or without it being challenged. I'm going to challenge it. I'm going to challenge it. So that's going to bring us to the end of an F1 minute Memorial Day, 1500 standard Eastern time. We are on live kicking it. Now, next Monday, we'll be on regular schedule time, 830 p.m. Eastern standard time on Monday for you all to participate and that'll be regular time but on holidays i'll try to move it up like i did for memorial day so that other people might get access to it might have the ability to it, and especially my sisters and brothers over there in the uk across the pond can get on f1 minute live a lot earlier than they typically do because i really appreciate you because you all stay up really late to watch f1 minute i'm telling y'all stay up late man it's like already 12 beyond midnight over there zero 100 over there whereas it's just 2100 on this side so I, I love you much, and that's why I said I'm going on early today for them so they can go ahead and get some access and do what they want to do. So those are our topics for today. This is F1 Minute, the hottest, livest talk show on the planet where it is more about you than it is about me. And this is the platform that I am allowing you all to have to have a voice to come on, say what you want to say, say the things that you feel that you like or that you don't like every Monday, 830 Eastern Standard Time, p.m. Don't miss it. All right. Don't miss.